This is Unfiltered, episode 65 for September 4th, 2013. It is strikingly similar to the lead up to the war in Iraq. I was in the Bush administration, in the Bush White House, dealing also with congressional Democrats and with members of the media, with the New York Times, with, with NBC. The herd mentality that took over to buy into the Bush administration's narrative that Saddam Hussein had to have chemical weapons and weapons of mass destruction, he was determined to use them against us, was something unquestioned. It was not only a mistake, it was based on manufactured evidence. Here, nobody is asking this basic question, except for our friends in Moscow, what if Assad didn't order this? What if this wasn't a Syrian troop chemical attack? What if this was perpetrated by al-Qaeda-affiliated oppositionists? The consequences here for going into Syria are even more grave than Iraq. Because if we go into Syria and we degrade and we weaken Assad to the extent that Jabhat al-Nusra and the other al-Qaeda-affiliated oppositionists get away with mass chemical warfare, if that's what happened, and we think they're going to stop there, that's the definition of insanity. Wait, wait. On this week's episode of Unfilter, President Obama's plan to bomb Syria has won key congressional support. As lawmakers prepare to authorize America's new war, we'll blow past the patriotic platitudes and the superficial reasons for the conflict and call out the real interest behind this aggression and the dangerous blowback even a limited strike could bring. Plus, revelations of the NSA's rampant spying continue to leak. This week, we've learned the NSA captured the emails of Brazil and Mexico's president, and they're not very happy about it. Then, the good news for cannabis legalization, your feedback, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. Welcome to Unfilter, episode 65 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris. Hey, everybody. It's been a long time. You know, I haven't been watching any TV because I've been playing nothing but video games. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you getting over the PAX hangover? You're good? I, You know, I'm lucky that none of us got sick. Yeah. None of us got the flu. We, yeah. We felt very good, invigorated all weekend. Yeah. We missed you uh, for Friday evening. You know, all the uh, strippers, man. Jeez, you missed out. Uh, but anyway, it was a lot of fun, a lot of coverage. You you covered some stuff for the Linux yeah, Action yeah. Show, which was great to see. That was a good time. That was a good PAX, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, and you only got to spend eight hours. <laughs> you know, I know, you know, and the thing that uh, sort of struck me the most out of all of it, and uh, maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm more partial to it because of, this is where a lot of Linux games come from, but... Right. For me, it was a big statement, and I don't know if it was like this last year, that the indie folks were on the main exi- exhibition floor. Because well, they were there last, last year, year, but, okay. but the, the booth has gotten larger. And, yeah, well, and, it was two rows, which was really cool. And, uh, yeah. you know, in the previous year, so I'd gone for the past three packs in a row, yep. except for last year. Yep. And in, in every time, the indie stuff was a small room on, like, the sixth floor. And now it's gotten Now bigger, it's down, bigger, and it's huge. I bigger. mean, I think that's a really big deal. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, it, it was great. A lot of people. And it, it, it was nice to— Did you ever hear the official number? Uh, haven't, haven't saw the official numbers yet, but it was, it was really nice to, to go do an event like this. 
and kind of unplug from reality mm. for a while yeah. and, and not have to stress about the the problems that are going on in the world and and actually fall back on things that we we love and that's gaming and yeah. technology and you know it was interesting we're gonna we're gonna get to this uh in the serious section of the show but um that friday we went down to pax that morning because we left early yep expecting the u.s to launch an attack on syria like at any moment it was gonna happen anytime and then the news broke that because uh, we thought Obama was going to go and try to do things on his own, yeah. like without well, approval, and, and, the and UK, we didn't know about the vote in the uh, in the parliament, and we thought, you know, all that broke on Friday while we were at Pakistan. Like, wow, this is really crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was it was sort of like this shadow that was hanging over us at PAX, but thankfully it really didn't deter from the event at all. No, yeah. no. It was one of those situations where, and we know a lot of our audiences cross over and they, and they enjoy gaming and geeking and, and technology, and it's one of those situations where we're, at, we're able to disconnect finally and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not get all down yeah. and, and have some fun. So I think we have a pretty interesting show. This the uh, It has been a very interesting couple of weeks. We're back. We were off last week. We had a supporter show. And uh, if you if you didn't grab it, if you're already a supporter, if you're thinking about co- becoming a supporter, you can grab the bag catalog. Very interesting show. It's going to be even more interesting in retrospect with this show because that entire supporter show is about an hour and, and change. Uh, was all devoted to serious stuff, like the right. ramping up. So a lot of serious stuff's gone in there. So, But we're going to talk about some more today. Some obviously very interesting things are happening there. Yep. But one of the things that has slipped through the cracks in the news with all of the serious stuff, it's a very wag the dog type situation. The NSA, Nobody in the mainstream media anymore is talking about the NSA. Nope. And uh, what's funny about that is... There's actually still stuff coming out. Uh, Der Spiegel has been... Der Spiegel! Yeah, they've been posting stuff. Uh, we got a couple of... Uh, you know what? It's Chase's choice. We got two NSA clips this week. Ugh. One about Al-Qaeda trying to hack drones, and one about the, Guardi- the Guardian's leak uh, about NSA spying, spying on world leaders. I, w- I would love to hear about how exactly Al-Qaeda is trying to hack our drones. Yeah, are are okay. they using a Atari technology here? Or? Find out. Let's find Moving out. on to the latest leak coming from Edward Snowden. According to a top-secret intelligence report outlined by the Washington Post, Al-Qaeda is feverishly trying to deploy a counter-drone strategy. The report, titled Threats to Unmanned Aerial Vehicles, includes dozens of intelligence assessments dating back to 2006, exposing a number of methods used by Al-Qaeda to down U.S. drones, including jamming GPS signals, blocking infrared tags used to pinpoint targets, using observation balloons, and even hobby airplanes. It also describes Al-Qaeda attempts to recruit more engineers and technicians <laughs> to specifically go. focus on counter-drone operations. Do they have good benefits? The- Al-Qaeda has a STEM crisis right now, I was gonna say, do, they, do they have good benefits? <laughs> uh, oh, you know what the problem is? It's that H-1 visa thing, right? right you yeah, know, and they, yeah. they only want... Yeah, they, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's all right. Let me... Yeah, now, this is the one that's actually of some meat. Uh, and... Uh, take a listen to the way they're phrasing this, and I want to pick your brain. There are new documents this morning leaked by Edward Snowden revealing the NSA targeted at least two world leaders. NBC's Keir Simmons is in Moscow for us with the latest on this. Keir, good morning to you, and what is Snowden saying this time? So I'm not actually uh, – I have seen nothing saying these are new leaks from Snowden. What I would assume is Snowden provided Der Spiegel and uh, the Washington Post and The Guardian with – you know, it's just kind of like uh, posting in a blog, 
and you're setting uh, times up. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> so, so publish. So self publish. Yeah. Right. Right. So all right, here's my next leak, but right. I have it set for publishing next week. But you know what's weird is this isn't the only clip. This is the one I chose to go with, but this isn't the only one where they where they very very much frame it as if Snowden is publishing this right now. But I actually right. think they're just going through their. I'm not sure though. No, they don't actually say. But they through the clip they make it sound they infer that it's it's new, it's fresh. But yeah. Hey Richard, good morning. Well, in fact, Snowden's lawyer here in Moscow is saying that he hasn't communicated with uh, the media since uh, he arrived here in Russia. And still, as you say, the revelations uh, continue. That's because Glenn Greenwald, who is the journalist uh, who cooperated uh, with Snowden uh, in uh, the NSA leak documents, says among those documents is evidence that the NSA spied on the president of Mexico and on the president of Brazil. He says that it shows that the U.S. agency was able to look uh, at the president of Mexico's uh, personal emails a month before he was elected president and even able to see who he was considering uh, to be members of his cabinet. Wow. Uh, and Greenwald says they also show uh, that uh, the NSA had the capability and was looking at uh, looking at uh, what the Brazilian president uh, was uh, searching through on the Internet. So it's been met with uh, a very unhappy reaction in Brazil at least the justice minister there saying these fa- if these facts prove to be true it would be unacceptable and could be called an attack on our country's sovereignty so even though Edward Snowden hasn't spoken the fallout from what he did continues Richard and of course the perennial question here Kier where is Edward Snowden yeah, we simply uh, don't know, and his lawyer speaking to a newspaper over the weekend wasn't prepared to say, but did say, though, that he is learning Russian and had an interesting uh, turn of phrase, Richard, said that he is going through a program of adaptation here in Russia. He's actually been given leave to stay here for at least a year, and that can be extended. So wherever he is, it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Adaptation. NBC's Keir Simmons in London. Thank you so much. The butler battles one... <laughs> <laughs> That's a little supporter show joke. Uh, so I guess they actually did kind of say that it wasn't current, but they still continue to phrase it like it is current. Right. Now, so, uh, of course, Brazil and Mexico have called on the U.S. to explain the recent reports sourced to the documents that these were you know, given by Edward Snowden, alleging the NSA spied on the Brazilian president and, of course, the Mexican president. Uh, this is kind of a big deal, and also uh, the Brazilian president is now uh, in planning to cancel her trip to the White House yeah, but, in October. But Chris, I mean, but they're not spying on Americans here. They're, <laughs> they're spying on international uh, public figures and presidents and, and, and prime ministers. That's okay. And international news sources. Uh, it came yeah. out also that the NSA spied on Al Jazeera communications. Uh, the United States Intelligence Agency was so interested, in fact, that it hacked into Al Jazeera's internal communication systems, according to NSA's uh, you know, whistleblower Edward Snowden, uh, and published by Der Spiegel. Uh, one such document, dated March 23, 2006, reveals that the NSA's Network Analysis Center managed to access and read communications by interesting targets that was specifically uh, protected by the news organization. The information also shows that the NSA officials were not satisfied with Al Jazeera's language analysis. <laughs> I like that last one there. And then uh, finally, just to kind of uh, uh, circle back on the whole David Miranda, Glenn Greenwald's partner, who yeah. was detained for eight hours. Yep, for the, for, the, for the maximum duration. Man, did he screw up. He screwed up really, really big. He had a TrueCrypt password written on a piece of paper in his pocket. And that TrueCrypt vault is reportedly held about 50,000 leaked 
documents. So now they have a very good picture of what he got. Uh, much of the material was encrypted. However, among the unencrypted documents was a piece of paper that included the password for decrypting one of the encrypted files on an external hard drive. Uh, the fact uh, they, they was carrying a handwritten piece of paper containing the password on one of the decrypted files is a sign of very poor information security practice and is something the government won't be forgiving. Uh, and uh, they also he also noted that uh, they um, they turned on all his gear. They even logged into his Skype account as him. Like people that were like on that, like having so, his friends so they saw were, him they, log they in. They were impersonating him. They saw him log in. They downloaded all his address book. They downloaded everything. So they got who he was chatting with over the Skypes. Um, Makes but, it feel good, doesn't it, when you travel internationally? I mean, to think that you know, so uh, as as little bits of pieces of information have come out, like it turns out, like initially Edward Snowden had a hard time getting Glenn Greenwald on board because Glenn Greenwald right. didn't know how to use encryption, and he also was kind of blowing Snowden off, figuring he was just ex- uh, um, exaggerating. Yeah. So now here's a story where once again you have somebody involved with Glenn Greenwald who was not following security practices, and this shows us uh, that, you know, these journalists are not equipped at a technological level to combat the sophistication of the United States government. I mean, when I think about when I think about using TrueCrypt and using it properly, I would never have done that. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they were using a very complex password, and that was the compromise they had to make. But now the result is they're able to get that piece of paper and decrypt the TrueCrypt why, why couldn't he use something like, say, LastPass, come up with a very complex yeah. password, and then keep that password inside LastPass? And, and two-factor or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one of those situations. Because they're uneducated on this stuff. Well, un- part of it, I think, is un- uneducated. But the other part of it, I think, is laziness. I think sometimes you think, you think it was laziness. Huh? It, it could be. I mean, it comes down to the point where he's like, "Man, I'm tired of looking up this password. Let me just, you know." I but know. You think even in that circumstance, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'll, I mean, hell, Chris. I mean, in your job and your in your daily work, I bet you see many passwords taped under keyboards oh, yeah. on monitors. Oh, yeah. But that's I mean, not, you know. I mean, these are. I mean, like. When but you, it's the same concept is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. Get, but it's just, when you decide to be a whistleblower, when you decide to be a reporter who's going up against the system and you take that system's confidential private information, the really – like really, the, why the, would you have a password written in your pocket? Right. I mean you are, you you are carrying a burden of responsibility that's far right. beyond yep. any kind of normal person's yeah, burden of you're responsibility. Absolutely right. And so it just seems like then you uh, – it is, it, is it is incumbent upon you to do the research to do it correctly. Right. And, of course. And, 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 I mean, it's not like these are recipes they're carrying around. These are, like, you know, super, super confidential stuff. I mean, honestly, that's probably going to be brought up to, against them in some sort of law. I, I, I mean, I, I imagine they're going to have to throw a book at them over this because yeah. what they can show is – so this goes back to uh, – do you remember when uh, the government came in and had the Guardian destroy their computers? Yep, yep. Well, this kind of gives us more insight on this because this was one of the incidents where the government was able to say, look, we can – we are now fairly confident that you are not properly protecting this information, so that's why you have to destroy it. Exactly. You, yeah. It does – now that whole destruction process, while still abhorrent, does seem a bit more understandable. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hmm, hmm. So uh, David Miranda really blew it, it looks like. Uh, but uh, he did have some success. Like, he's getting some of his gear back in that lawsuit that they're doing. So it's not all bad. Not all bad. Ding for him. Ding for him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, before we jump into the serious stuff, I wanted to thank our supporters this week, Chase. Yes, because they are an awesome group of people. We got a good batch because it was... Uh, for two weeks now. Now, we did have uh, – some people were angry that we took a week off, and we lost a, a handful of subscribers. Wait, I haven't wait, taken them out of the count yet. Wait, wait, Chris. What? Chris. What? What? Wait, are we not supposed to have lives? Apparently. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, I don't know. We're still a supporter show, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, but seriously, are we, are we supposed to – 
I'm sorry. I'm I'm I'm, go, I'm going against this. I know. I, I'm, I agree. I'm, not, I'm there I'm, with you. I'm there with you. I, it doesn't it, bother it, me. Well, you know, it bothers me a little bit. I'm sorry. Maybe you. No, you can I be, think you know. It's like I look at it as like they. They love the show so much. I know that it's like it's 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 like upsetting that it's not there. But you know what I think though? It's one of those things like, well, instead of instead of asking a question, maybe tweeting you, yeah, dropping an email, right. uh, maybe putting a post in a forum, Facebook, G plus. I don't care. What, however, you want to connect with us, there are many different ways that you connect with us. At the end of every show, we tell you how you can connect with us. Yeah, all you had to do is drop a note. Hey, where's Unfilter? We would have told you. We did tell you. Yeah. So for someone to rage quit, which is, that's what I'm calling it, rage quitting. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. A rage quit. Honestly, we don't want that person. Yeah, I mean. It's, we don't. Because I, if, they, if they're that on the edge of rage quitting because we right, decided to right. take a day off. Yeah, I know. Sorry. And, uh, that grinds my gears. Hey, you know what really grinds your gears, Chase? What? You know what really grinds my gears? But the good news is we had new, more new signups than we had dropped. Yeah, that's fine. So, I mean. Those we, are the true, those yeah. are the true people. So the number, the 172 monthly supporters doesn't have, I haven't, I haven't ticked the people out yet that have canceled, but that's okay. We'll get that all sorted out next week. But I want to say thank you to Jasper M., Robert M., James T., Alexander. James T. Kirk? No, I, I, didn't, I didn't put the Kirk part on there. Don't give it away because that's Sorry. a timeline. I mean, thing. James T. Benjamin K., Samuel L., or W. Samuel <laughs> <laughs> That was habit. Tom uh, C. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Patrick N., Adam P., and Stefan S., and of course. And Bill C. Kevin H. Thank you guys for becoming Unfiltered Supporters. When you're an Unfiltered Supporter, you also get more show. You get our Supporter Show, which yep. wraps the show, which includes a bunch of extra clips. Lots of stuff on Siri this week. Yeah. Also some good funny stuff uh, that, well, you know what? And a good personal story from Chase, too. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 uh, and also, thanks to Bill C. jumping in on that list as well. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, Bill S., yeah, for Shatner. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you get that, and you also get the unfiltered newsletter after every single episode that gives you some behind-the-scenes info, links to download the supporter show. But you also keep us on there. Not only do we stay ad-free, but the show, the focus of the show is making our supporters happy. The number yes. we don't we don't have to chase those big download numbers. We chase making our supporters happy to keep us on the air and spread the message. So thank you to everyone thank who goes you. over to the unfiltered uh, show notes. Just any episode, you scroll down, you'll find the supporter subscribe link. You hit that. It goes through Amazon Payments or Bitcoin if you use bitcoin you got to email me and let me know and then you automatically get signed up well not automatically actually i do it manually but once you are signed up you'll get the newsletter after the uh, following show and uh, we really appreciate the support so thanks you guys and thanks to what is currently an inflated 172 unfiltered monthly supporters we're on the track to 333 we're not there yet though and we need to get there soon maybe by the end of the year you never know chase never know all right so i want to start on syria yes and i thought so when I ended the Unfiltered Supporter Show last week, it the, the, the scuttlebutt, the scuttlebutt was we would be potentially launching a, a, a tomahawk attack Thursday night. And tomahawk I was re- missiles. Yeah. And I was recording yes. on a Wednesday. Yeah. And, I, and, and they were saying Thursday night, they're going to launch missiles. And then a big old wrench got thrown into the whole thing when Britain announced they'd no longer support any military action against Syria. What? Hello, very warm welcome to the program. In the last hour, the British government has suffered a major setback in its efforts to build the case for a military strike on Syria. A motion spelling out the principles for such an action was rejected in Parliament. Acknowledging the result, the Prime Minister David Cameron said it was clear to him that the British people did not want to see military action. Ah, democracy. I mean, uh, all right. So uh, the then, so then uh, Miss Meadow is going to give us some uh, some great clips from the debate. Hey, Rachel. 
When the country decides to intervene militarily somewhere else in the world, particularly in another country where a bloody civil war is raging, there should be a robust political debate about the wisdom of that military intervention. Today, that debate happened on the floor of the House, and it was a robust and at times just an excellent debate. It wasn't here, of course. Here in our country, all that happened was a phone call between members of the administration and some members of Congress who are basically still enjoying their vacation. No, we didn't have any debate here, no official debate, not even any official discussion. What? No, where they actually <laughs> had the debate, the excellent debate, was across the pond. Why is it that our allies in the Middle East, like Saudi, Emirates, Qatar, Kuwait and others, cannot take military action? Why does it fall on us yet again? Put simply, is it in Britain's national interest to maintain an international taboo about the use of chemical weapons on the battlefield? My argument is, yes, it is. I take a question from the Scottish National Party. I'm very Scottish. good, Prime Minister. Does he know if there are any plans over the last few days for any military action before next week planned at all against Syria? Well, I obviously can't discuss the details of potential action in detail in front of this House, but I can tell the House that the American President and I have had discussions that have been reported in the newspaper about potential military action. We have had those discussions, and the American President would like to have allies alongside the United States. Our actions won't be determined by my good friend and ally, the American President. They'll be, vote, they'll be decided by this government and votes in this House of Commons. Yes, of course, intelligence is part of this picture, but let's not pretend there is one smoking piece of intelligence that can solve the whole problem. This is a judgment issue and one which honourable members will have to make a judgment. Let me repeat again, there will be no action without a further vote in this House of Commons. But on this issue, Britain should not stand aside. We must play our part in a strong international response. We must be prepared to take decisive action in order to do so. For this House, it is surely a basic point. Evidence should precede decision, not decision precede evidence. And I am and I'm glad that on reflection the Prime Minister accepted this yesterday. I give way to the Honourable Gentleman. I very much welcome his doctrine that evidence should precede decision. That's a stark change from at least one of his predecessors. <laughs> I'm very clear about the fact that we've got to learn we've got to learn those oh, lessons. And one of the most important lessons was indeed about respect for the United Nations. I do not rule out supporting the Prime Minister, but I believe he has to make a better case than he did today on this question. And frankly, he cannot say to the House and to the country, this does not change our stance on Syria, this does not change our involvement in the Syrian conflict, because frankly, it would, Mr. Speaker. This, Mr. Speaker, is a very grave decision, and it should be treated as such by this House, and it will be treated as such by this country. Those guys are so much more entertaining. I, I got. I got to say, I love British Parliament. That is I so much better. I love them. So, um, you guys in the UK, you guys rock. That's all I got to say. Major embarrassing blow. Uh, that you know, and of course, yeah. when when that foundation of support started to crumble, uh, Obama. Obama then kind of makes a pivot, and uh, a lot of people said that uh, it was sort of surprising for everyone. And uh, we're going to get to that first, but at this point. Right after this parliament decision was made, the Obama administration released their report on the proof that the Assad regime used 
chemical weapons. Wolf, another U.S. Navy warship now in place tonight off the coast of Syria. The USS San Antonio has come through the Suez Canal north into the eastern Mediterranean, 300 Marines on board, part of the so-called prudent planning in advance of any U.S. military action. They will stay put for the next several days right there. But it is the intelligence. You know, uh, so here's a little tell. When Barbara is, her her sound is hollow like that. Right. And uh, sounds like maybe she's doing a podcast in a garage. Right. Oh, wait, no, because if she was doing her podcast in a garage, she would sound better. I happen to know that. Uh, but the tell there is that's when she's at her Pentagon office, where she's actually at the- Oh, the actually Pentagon at the, phone booth. Yeah, she's actually in the Pentagon phone booth recording this. Yep. Everyone is focusing on tonight an extraordinary level of detail about human intercepts, satellite intelligence, uh, all kinds of intelligence that the U.S. Huh. learned about this attack. All kinds of Let's intelligence. Let's start with right before the attack. What the case the U.S. is making is that they had intelligence uh, that they Another got that unfolded that the Syrian that? forces were preparing to attack in the days before. Chemical weapons were being prepared. Forces were using their gas masks on the day of the attack. August 21st, satellites detected rocket attacks in the neighborhoods. Uh, they calculated through intelligence means Five. that those rockets were fired from regime-held areas. Hundreds of people begin. So the uh, so this is a big piece of intelligence. So they had six. Se- they have they legitimately do have. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. The yeah. U.S. government legitimately has uh, satellites probably parked right over Syria monitoring all the time, right? So she's saying, without saying it, now I actually read the report, and so I know that she's inferring to the fact that they say in the report that they used satellite monitoring to watch rockets be launched from Assad-controlled territory. She doesn't come. I don't know. I mean, that is in the public report that the Wall Street Journal published. I don't know why she doesn't just come out and say that, but that's because, what she's inferring. Because, because she's trying to uh, paint a, a picture or, or yeah, a story. You're right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah it's, yeah. it's a propaganda thing. Yeah. Showing up at the hospitals, dying and injured. Thousands of social media videos and other social media elements. So this is legitimate, too. Uh, the Obama administration's report is tying the timing that their satellites observe rocket launches and landings with reports on social media of the events. Like when people tweeted, oh my God, you know, rocket just landed kind of stuff. Right. Since of social media videos and other social media elements begin to record this event after the attack intercepts again, U.S. intelligence intercepts Seven. of senior regime officials in Syria discussing the fact that a chemical attack has taken place and a continued bombardment of those neighborhoods to try and wipe out any evidence before the U.N. inspectors show up. Now, what she's saying there, horribly, is that after the chemical weapons landed, shortly after that, the Assad regime military began attacking the locations that the chemical weapons hit. So it's very convenient that some of the areas that were attacked by chemical weapons were then immediately came under fire by the Assad military. So I think at the bottom line here, Wolf, is what we saw today was an an extraordinary level of detail about intercepts, human intelligence, and satellite intelligence. We haven't seen this kind of detail before. Well, that's, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. To call what what the report was was detail is, is... laughable i mean it was right. it was very yeah. vague and yeah. you know they weren't yes, very specific uh now uh after that report comes out obama comes out he surprises everybody beginning with bill plant at the white house bill we understand the president's decision to take this to congress came as a surprise even to his own advisors absolutely jim he called them into his oh, senior office voice. last night to tell them to uh, his oval office to tell them two things <laughs> that he's now decided to use military force but also that he was reversing course and would seek congressional approval. 
His reasoning, according to officials who were in the room, he wants members on the record rather than simply criticizing from outside whatever action he takes. Hold on right there. No, that is not true. That's not the reason why. I, I, I think it's because he knew darn well once the once the parliament had shot it down, yeah. I mean, how embarrassing is it to be the United States government and you land have of the no free backup. democracy, and you didn't bring it to your Congress, right? Yeah. But I also do think the so what he's done now, and it has happened in spades, is he's gotten all of the different people to take a position publicly on Syria. Right. He's got them on the record now, and he's also right that if he would have launched this attack on his own, everybody would have picked him apart on everything that went wrong because they wouldn't have been on the record. That's true. So he, it's so, but it comes back to being a freaking political thing. Exactly, it's not about democracy. No, it's, it's not. not about the constitution. It's, about it's not about having Congress authorize war. It, it, because using the War Powers Act to launch this attack would be an abuse of that, because that specifically states we've been attacked as an immediate threat on the homeland. And there isn't. There isn't. this. So it would have been an abuse, although there's precedent for it to have been used. Wait, wait, there's been precedent for other abuses to occur. Yeah. <laughs> but So it wasn't about Obama right. setting precedent that other presidents have to go through the Congress. It wasn't right. the fact that Obama's a constitutional scholar. It wasn't the fact that he was trying to do it the democratic way. It was the fact that he wanted to get these people on record and that it didn't work out in the... In, in Britain's parliament for him, so he had to roll the dice here, too. Yep. Now, you know, uh, be that as it may, we'll let them continue. After careful deliberation, I have decided that the United States you. should take military action against Syrian regime targets. Okay. And this would not be an open-ended intervention. What? We would not put boots on the ground. Liar. Instead, our action would be designed to be limited in duration and scope. Senior officials say that in an Oval Office meeting last night, Mr. Obama pointed to the British Parliament's decision earlier this week the nose have it. not to join in the U.S. strike. Which, think about that. Like, if that hadn't gone that direction, do you th- do you- we would have launched rockets. We would have been, we would be, we would probably have already done the strike. Yep. As a reason to seek broader approval by taking the issue to Congress, he will spend the next 10 days making his case to the members. Here's my question for every member of Congress and every member of the global community. What message will we send if a dictator can gas hundreds of children to death in plain sight and pay no price? This morning, the president held a two-hour meeting in the White House Situation Room. Aides said there was some debate over the risks of waiting to act. But the president determined that the U.S. must strike because he believes that U.S. national security interests are at stake. Make no mistake, this has implications beyond chemical warfare. If we won't enforce accountability in the face of this heinous act, what does it say about our resolve to stand up to others who flout fundamental international rules? To governments who would choose to build nuclear arms? Iran. To terrorists who would spread biological weapons? To armies who carry out genocide? Now, the president says he's been assured by the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff that postponing a military strike is not a problem. He knows, he says, that Americans are weary of war, but that the U.S. must not turn a blind eye to the chemical attack in Damascus. So this, that last piece there where, he, where the generals say, oh, yeah, there's, you know, if you delay it a month, it's not really going to impact us. This has been a point that the right has really jumped on the Obama administration over because they feel, 
And I made this comment in the supporter show that he's sort of been telecasting the plan. Like CNN is in their green screen room, like showing like in the maps and stuff, maps of like where the rockets would go <sighs> and like how the military is going to avoid the Iron Dome over Syria. Like really putting it all out there, obviously getting information from the administration. And I and I do agree. But so obviously what that means, what that means is. If, if it's not time sensitive, because if it's time sensitive, you know, you got to act before they move people. Now there's reports that Syrian um, um, civilians are now I don't know if it's true or not, but they're voluntarily uh, putting themselves where people think of the, uh, the military is going to strike. So that way they ha- they're trying to create human shields. So that way they have to kill them, too. Like that's already happening in Syria. So when you delay, you do allow for you allow for weapons to be moved. You allow for buildings to be emptied. But what I think is probably going to happen is they're going to go after the airfields like McCain's been saying for two years. They're going to go after the airfields because you can't move an airfield. So let me ask this question. And this is probably a question. That is on the mind of lots of people around the world, even Americans and British citizens as well. And that is, why is it our responsibility mm-hmm. as the United States mm-hmm. to play policeman? I got your answer. And, and go over there. Because, I have an answer. I mean, the UK, they said no. They're not going. Right. So, so why are we going? Why are we going? I know exactly why we're going. I'll tell you soon. We're getting there. I'm no, building sorry, no, to that. that. Was, no, uh-huh, another uh-huh. Tease, yeah. And I, I yeah. figured it out, at least I think. Uh, so, But I wanted to dig into this. So, wow, Obama sending a request to Congress. I'm sure this is going to be specific. I'm sure it's going to detail exactly what they want to get done. And no, I'm sure wait, it's going to wait, be. Wait, 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 wait. Chris, you're pulling my leg because nothing has ever been specific. Everything's always been general. We're going to be hmm. quick in and out. Uh, that's what she said. Oh. It's going to be real easy. of Congress are divided over whether or not to use military action against Syria, and it looks like it'll be a tough sell for the Obama administration. This morning, my colleague Richard Louis spoke to two congressmen, one a Democrat, the other a Republican, who'd both taken part in yesterday's classified briefing, and here's what they had to say. It's not a clear case that they're making. We're going to do, a, it's been called a pinprick or a shot across the bow. And then you look at the language on the authorization, and it's pretty broad, like it's almost unending. So which, which is it, Mr. President? So the current authorization, now this is going to, this is already, there's already one revision coming out of the Senate. Uh, but the current authorization was essentially like, Hey, let's go to war in Syria. And, uh, you know, we'll probably do this for like 60 days or so, and then we'll just keep doing it. And uh, it's just kind of let's do whatever we want. Yeah. And so now, now they're now lawmakers amazingly are trying to, rile, to try to rein that in a little bit and say, okay, but no boots on the ground unless it's for rescue operations or special ops and 60 days, but you got to, and you can do an extension, but it can only be for 30 days and then you have to extend it every 30 days. So now they're trying to meet somewhere in the middle. Um, and to make this happen, to really make sure that he doesn't get voted down like what happened in parliament. The Obama administration is rolling out the full press tour like I have never seen them do. They're, they're, they're schmoozing with every single rep that they can get their hands on. Today, the president sent his team to the Senate to make his case. Are you going to be comfortable if Assad, as a result of the United States not doing anything, then gasses his people yet again? Facing public opposition and a skeptical Congress, they said using chemical weapons against your own people is so evil, it's only been done three times. And, of course, never in the conversation in any of this is there the question, did he actually, did Assad do it or did the rebels do it? That's, that's never asked. Um, it's just, they're just operating the assumption that it was Assad. The third instance was used by Adolf Hitler to gas millions of Jews. It was used by Saddam Hussein Which in we order allowed. to gas Iraqis and his own pe- uh, uh, Iranians and his own people. 
which we coordinated. And now it has been used by Bashar al-Assad. Against. Why not? What about Vietnam? Officials this morning proclaimed that they had momentum, winning support for strikes from the top two House Republicans. But just hours later, Obama's team was facing tough questions. Would President Obama order a strike against Syria even if Congress says no? Well, I can't tell you what the president's going to do because he hasn't told me. There was chiding for two years of mixed messages and inaction when others had been calling for arming vetted rebel groups. Instead, the choice was made to lead from behind. There were seemingly mixed messages about this mission, designed to send a signal to Assad to not use chemical weapons, but not specifically tailored to remove him from power. Have we taken into account uh, what the implications could be of an Assad that could weather a limited strike and what that could mean for the long-term prospects? He will, well, I mean, he will weather. The goal of removing Assad from office, as the president has stated, uh, is still the policy of this administration. And what of the president's promise that there will be no boots on the ground? I don't want to take off the table an option. So maybe boots on the ground? Whether or not they had to, you know, answer a shot in order to be secure, I, I, I don't want to speak that way. I, I didn't find that a very appropriate response regarding boots on the ground. Kerry attempted. So listen to Kerry. Listen to Kerry. Listen to when they answer, are he we going to put stum- boots on the ground? Stumbling over his words. Take off the table an option. So maybe boots on the ground? Whether or not they had to, you know, answer a shot in order to be secure, I, I, what? I, I don't want to speak that way. I, I didn't find that a very appropriate response regarding boots on the ground. Kerry attempted to clarify. There's no door open here uh, through which someone uh, can uh, march in ways that the Congress doesn't want it to while still protecting the national security interests of the country. Well, as long as that's clear. And casting a shadow over all of this, the legacy of the Iraq war waged when Kerry and Hagel were on the other side of the table. So we are especially sensitive, Chuck and I, to never again asking any member of Congress to take a vote on faulty intelligence. There is a certain irony to Kerry being the... uh, The one asking for... Yeah, the hawk for all this. I want to play that Kerry part again. Would you tell us whether you believe that... A prohibition for uh, having American boots on the ground, is that something that the administration would accept as part of a resolution? I don't want to take off the table an option that might or might not be available to a president of the United States to secure our country. The president has no intention and will not, and we do not want to, put American troops on the ground to fight this or be involved in the fighting of the civil war period Uh, let me be very clear now because i don't want anything coming out of this hearing that leaves any door open to any possibility so let's shut that door now as tight as we can there will not be american boots on the ground with respect to the civil war but you hear that qualifier. So yeah, now but, special operations when we're doing strikes, yeah, we could put boots on the ground. Or, or if there's a rescue operation and uh, stuff like so that. So the media would have us believe that it's a tough sell, tough sell. The, uh, Lindsey Graham and, and John McCain had a press conference after their meeting with Obama, and they used the word sell about a dozen times. The media has picked up on it. They're using the word sell. Uh, and so the media would have you believe that Obama doesn't necessarily have this thing locked in. But the reality is Obama's got this vote locked in. The president came roaring out of the gate today, just after nine this morning. The leaders of Congress summoned to the White House. At 9.45, even before the meeting starts, the pitch for a strike begins, hitting one of the top concerns head on. It is limited. It does not involve boots on the ground. 
This is not Iraq, and this is not Afghanistan. It's just 90 minutes later, after hearing from the president about evidence the Assad regime used chemical weapons against its own people, leaders from both parties say they are on board, that it is time for America to act. I believe my colleagues uh, should support this call for action. Hundreds of children were killed, and we must respond. 2.30 p.m., the president's national security team moves to Capitol Hill to make the strongest pitch yet. Some have tried to suggest that the debate we're having today is about President Obama's red line. This debate is about the world's red line. It's about humanity's red line. And it's a red line that anyone with a conscience ought to draw. This but is, not that's the new pivot. So I like using this word today, pivot. They've they've moved to Obama even said, Oh, it's not my red line. It's not my red line. No, 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 that's the world's red line. So if it's such the world's red line, Chris, then why did the UK say no? Well, it's I mean it's this the world this, and this fact, is like a backhanded compliment to the UK people because they said no to this. I know. Right? I know. So basically what you're saying here, uh, Secretary, is that the UK believes in killing kids because that's what you i mean you're just bringing up the the whole kids angle try to give us a big fat guilt trip over that yeah and now and and remember while they're saying all of this stuff about the kids about the humanitarian aspect of it their military plans as of yet will not really change day-to-day life for the civilians they're going to take out runways I mean, so the Assad regime will be limited in their options, but it's not like this is going to really even change much. Whatever happened to the prime directive here? I mean, we're not... Oh, different show. Different show. Oh. Everyone was convinced, judging from this testy exchange with Senator Rand Paul. If the United States of America doesn't do this, Senator, is it more or less likely that Assad does it again? You want to answer that question? I don't think it's known. I don't think it's it's more or less likely that he does it again. You have the attack... I think it's unknown whether it's more it's or less likely whether you have the attack. Senator, it's not unknown. Uh, it, by the fact that we actually haven't done it yet, uh, by very definition, actually, John, it, it is unknown because it hasn't happened yet. Um, but I, I want to back up a little bit here. So two things strike me here, Chase, in this conversation. Uh, I don't actually think this is a lot like Iraq, like everybody's making the comparison. Um, there are chemical weapons. It's just not clear what side is using them. Uh, There is a rumor going around online in the conspiracy circles that Saudi Arabia provided rudimentary chemical weapons to the um, rebels, and the rebels used it, and uh, it was in some cases a mistake that it was set off. I'm not sure I'm buying that. I, I, if, if the U.S. has satellite coverage, I, 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 you know what? Maybe they did see the rockets launch. Here's the thing. The areas that were targeted were all hev- heavily rebel-controlled areas. Why would the rebels launch an attack against their own people, number one? Number two, while the Assad regime was actually pulling ahead in the overall battle, the thing to remember is that these were areas that are highly contested. They still haven't been able to get over control of, one of which was an area that allowed for weapons and funneling of terrorists into Damascus and really was screwing things up. So the Assad regime figures, hey, let's just knock them down. Let's launch these chemical weapons. You know, nothing's happened so far. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get them down. We'll get control over these areas. The fact that there was almost immediate military action after the fact is extremely suspicious uh, in my part, in my, in my mind. So I say we operate on the assumption, because I don't really believe it changes much, let's just say, okay, grant the Obama administration, the Assad regime, launch these chemical weapons. We don't have the money for this, Chris. Well, I mean, right. I mean, remember, I thought— Once you acknowledge that, Chris, like, there's so many other problems. Chris, I thought we're on a, a fucking sequester. <laughs> right. 
I what happened to that? Sequester. I thought we had no money to yeah. do anything. We, we, we had to shut down air control towers. Yeah. We had to shut down bases. We had to shut down yeah. postal uh, Remember what offices. a disaster it was? It we, was a cliff. We do not have any money for this. And now here we are. Right. We're heading to the Middle East and we're going to jump into a civil war so that why? we have no part of. So why? Let's start unraveling that particular one. And uh, we just heard from Rand Paul. Let's pick back up with Rand Paul. And he drops the I word. I said, is it more likely that Israel will be attacked if we bomb Syria or less likely? I think it's more likely. Is it more likely that Turkey will be attacked or that Iran or Russia will be drawn into this? I think all of those bad scenarios are more likely to occur if if the U.S. bombs Syria. So I really think that there's not a good outcome. And there's also not a, a clear entity that I think will be an American friend in the Syrian civil war. Senator, it, not is it only more likely, it's probably probable at this point. Uh, both Syria and Iran have said they will retaliate against Israel. Did anybody ask Senator Kerry or Chuck Hagel or President Obama if, in fact, Israel is a victim of retaliation for any strike he makes, what effort he will put into defending Israel? Uh, his comment was Israel told him they could take care of themselves. But I want to make it less. I think Israel can. I, I, I think Israel has a strong national defense, and I think they can do well in any battle. Paid for by but I who? don't want to involve Israel in a battle because they have so many enemies around them that I'm fearful that it could spin out of control. So my first choice would be to not involve Israel in a battle if we don't have to. So you notice the uh, word Israel was used a lot in that clip? Israel, Israel, Israel. So they could take care of themselves. Here's a, here's a, here's the here's the dirty truth about this war in Syria is this has become APAC's number one cause. This is what they are lobbying like the machine has never lobbied before. And this is why we have seen a change over time from no action in Syria to taking action in Syria. And the reason why APAC is so worried about this is because uh, Israel is desperately concerned about Iran. Well, I think the American people have to understand if this war goes another year, here's what's likely to happen. There will be tens of thousands of al-Qaeda in Syria. There will be a toppling of the King of Jordan, the last moderate voice in the region, a close ally to us in Israel. He'll be gone in another year because of the refugee problem. The chemical weapons will be uh, loose and in the hands of Hezbollah and may come our way. So the idea that Iran is watching every move we make in Syria, if we get Syria wrong, if we show a weakness here regarding Assad's chemical weapons utilization, you're almost ensuring a war between Israel and Iran over their nuclear program, and we would surely get drawn into that. So to the American people, if you're worried about the Iranians getting a nuclear weapon, as I am, the last card to play to stop that is how we handle Syria. Now, uh, both uh, Lindsey Graham there and uh, McCain are really, you know, they are sort of like the... If you look at um, politicians like you would tiers of, like, products, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham and McCain, while they're batshit crazy sellouts, are like top-shelf sellouts right you buy them and you can get a lot of power yeah you get because you know mccain's been meeting with obama a lot lately and interestingly enough when mccain is interviewed he almost says the same thing word for word it's this strange. is not confined to syria as you know charlie it is spreading throughout the region uh iraq is now unraveling uh, the king of jordan is is not going to stay in power lebanon the whole situation and iran is the key to it and if the iranians uh, prevail here 
and we don't retaliate, this will be a huge victory for Iran as they progress on their path towards nuclear weapons. I, I, There's a lot at stake here. This is about a war between... I just love the fact that they're they're writing the script Right. And they're they're already they're just filling, put it out there. They're just full, putting out the story. Yeah. They're just yeah. yeah. It's like do you have and do they do you hear exactly how they're talking to you and us about well what the American people need to understand? Yeah, it's like you're stupid. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you what you need to All know. All right, children, gather around the fireplace. We're going to tell you what you need to know now. We're going to tell you what you need to know, no. and you cannot ask questions. Right, and it's I dumb mean, if you do. The American Don't you see people. It? It's obvious. There's a lot at stake here. You know, AP. They've there's been an. There's been many, many polls, and the majority of Americans yeah, are, against, yeah. are against doing this. It's like 9% are for it. So why is it that our Congress and our true quote-unquote representatives that are supposed to be listening to us— Right. The real irony was— And the, they're not. Was the, was the uh, real bastards like uh, Peter King and uh, Mike Rogers took to the air and were upset— how dare Obama go to Congress? Like, how dare he ask the people? Like, how dare he go to the representative system we have established that I take part in? How dare they? But it still feels like they're ignoring us anyway. They are. They are. So, I mean, that's why is, I think this is, this is all a dog in. and pony so show. This is all politics. I think, I think a huge aspect of this is there is an oil pipeline that is going in through Syria, and it's, uh, it is scheduled to to start coming online, like, uh, right away. Uh-huh. So that involves Saudi Arabia. So okay. Saudi Arabia's got that interest, right? Oil. Right. right. Okay? Of course. Um, then you got the proxy war that the U.S. is interested in between Iran and Russia. That gives us some interest. Then you got Israel in there. And Israel is one of the strongest lobbyists in the United States government. And they are pushing, they are pushing on every button they have to move the industrial war machine into action in Syria. And you combine Israel's lobby and the oil lobby... And the overall geo- geopolitical struggle that will be regionalized in Syria, it's like a it's like a three combo. It's too tempting for the United States, even though we're absolutely broke, even though we're under sequester, even though we are so desperately in need of spending that money, time, and attention back home. We move forward on this, right. and and I think in all of this, it's it's clear to me. That of every step of the way with Edward Snowden and now with this, Obama has continued to underestimate Putin, and I think this could be a major problem. And thankfully, uh, Hillary Mann Levitt, or Levert, who was a former Bush administration uh, official and also a Clinton administration official, agrees with me. Was it a mistake for President Obama to cancel that meeting with Putin? Well, if President Obama wants to have any diplomatic strategy of any serious import whatsoever, it was a serious strategic blunder. You can't have serious diplomacy without working with key parties, not only in the Middle East, but around the world. Russia is a critically important uh, is a critically important country. It was before the Cold War. It is today. And people who underestimate it, underestimate it at their peril. But I think it's critically important here. Sergei Lavrov is an incredibly smart professional diplomat. I worked with him at the United Nations when he was the ambassador there. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's saying. He is not, there's no record of him lying or cheating or doing anything else uh, that, that may be implied here. What the Russians have done, and this is critically important and doesn't get out, the last alleged chemical weapons. I want to pause it right here. So one of the things in the previous clips that we played was uh, there is just this accepted assumption that the chemical weapons attack that we covered a year ago, Chase, was the assumption 
Assad regime's doing. And the, Obama ignored that. And then that when that crossed the red line, Obama didn't act then. And now a year has gone by and Obama failed to act after that original red line. Now to save face, this time we've really got to go forward with it because we said it last time. Well, what if Assad wasn't behind it last time? Turns out when people actually sent boots on the ground to do some investigations, the story was a little different. Critically important and doesn't get out. The last alleged chemical weapons attack in Syria back in March, the Russians have their people on the ground. We don't. They sent their people. They did an analysis, an 88-page report that their ambassador Turkin in New York gave to the Secretary General of the United Nations that showed two critically important things. One was that the rockets that delivered the, the, the chemicals then were homemade. They weren't military or industrial. And the same thing about the sarin. It wasn't military or industrial. It didn't have stabilizers in it. So who did that and why? These are critically important questions. They're not just things that the Russians are making up out of some geopolitical game. These are questions that people in the United States have, people around the world have. Putin is a very serious contender. Lavrov is a serious contender. And I'm afraid the Obama administration has really underestimated them at America's peril. Yeah. And of course, China is going to get involved in the mix at some point, too. Can, can I throw some 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 bacon? Yeah. In, oh, in yeah. The fire oh, pan. yeah. Yeah, totally. I could, do you want me to fry something? Yeah, up? yeah, absolutely. Okay. Please do. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, this this bacon uh, comes direct uh, from Carson City, Nevada. Uh, really nice bacon out there. Um, I, I want to say that the more I think about this, the more I truly believe what's going on here isn't about Syria at all. Okay. It's about the sequester. It's about money. Because a lot of these government agencies, especially military, have been forced to cut a lot. Especially on the on But you the can't cut side. in the face of war. Right. So what they had to do was come up with something. <laughs> yeah. And and so, yeah, these... I these mean, you probably just defined the military-industrial complex forever right there. I, I know, but but basically what had to come up with here is you had to come up with some uh, amateur chemical weapons. Yeah. This is not military, as you heard. This oh, is not... Right. Uh, homemade rockets. This is homemade stuff. Yeah. So what we need to do is we need to get in there, and we need to spend some more money. We need to, hey, show off that, hey... You know what? We need to spend the money. We need to put our jets in the air. We need to put money back into the new, uh, uh, you know, planes and the Raptor program. We need to do this. This, yeah. this is. I think this is the reason yeah. why. I, I think you could be very right on that. And uh, by the way, as part of Obama's authorization, he's seeking from Congress. In there are provisions to arm the rebels. Yep. And uh, so the way, by the way, so there's this, there's this, there's this term being used called the moderate rebels, and then you got your Al Qaeda and Hezbollah. Um, now, of course, we all know that if you try to give weapons to the moderate rebels, they're going to eventually make their way into the Al-Qaeda rebels. They're working together. Yep. Now, how does the U.S. Anybody, – anybody in the chat room, Chase, do you guys have any guesses how the U.S. knows who the moderate rebels are versus the extremists? I have no idea at all. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it, is, it's, it can't be all that reliable, but they are relying on a whole metric – shit ton of CIA agents that are embedded with the rebels, but they can't be everywhere. They can't be in every group. They can't be in every situation. There's just a limit to that. But we have thousands of CIA contractors and CIA officers, or whatever they're called, out there in Syria. And and this is in the report. Uh, they're embedded in with the rebel groups, and then they're sussing out if they're bad rebel groups or good rebel groups, and then sending intelligence signals back to HQ, letting them know. 
And then supposedly, when it comes time to give these guys guns, they're going to organize with the CIA contractors on the ground to make sure that the weapons go to the right place. Now, you tell me, if you're one CIA guy in a group of 100 rebels or two, however big the unit is, how the hell are you going to make sure everybody uses those weapons appropriately? Right. It, it cannot. It, it doesn't scale. It can't be done. So as part of this authorization of these rockets, we are also now slipping in new spending and authorization for weapons to give al-Qaeda. So here's the actual reality. Here's what we're going to have happen, is we are going to be, for Israel's interest, for OPEC's interest, and for our own interests, we are going to be al-Qaeda's air support. The United States government has become al-Qaeda's air support in Syria, and we're giving them weapons on the ground. That is the reality of this situation. And what happens when Assad falls? Who takes over? Right. Who now runs the place. It's yeah. going to be Hezbollah, or it's going to be Al-Qaeda, or it's going to be somebody real nasty. It's going to be a big cluster F. That's and, what it's going to be. And even if this one military strike, which it couldn't, even, this won't cause Assad to fall, but it will It will tip the scales, in the, or they want to tip the scales in that direction. But I ask you, if they accomplish this, who's going to replace him? Then what are we left with? It, to me, it seems like it is a much, much worse situation. This is much worse than Iraq. If you Everybody's been comparing this to Iraq. You got it way wrong. This is like Vietnam, only way worse. This is Vietnam where they want to set up a base of operations. They want to create a country, and they want to be the bad guys that terrorize the world from this one nation. And we are going to enable it. Just like we created al-Qaeda, now we are going to give them a country to rule. We are going to create our ultimate bad guy, and they are going to have their entire country to but, run. But, but Chris, look at the look at the bright side here. Here's the bright side. Now we're going to give them an entire country to run. Yeah. Now we'll have a clear cut place <laughs> to bomb everything. Right. Well, that's true. That's I true. I mean, think about it this way: we wouldn't have to. We want to chase them around the globe. We'll have a central point yeah. in space. It's going to make it a lot easier. It's going to make it a lot easier. So too bad I, they're so close to Israel and oh, our other buddies. Oh well, but yeah, but you know what though? That's okay. That's where you invest money in the the Iron Dome, right? And all these other great programs to help prevent missiles accidentally dropping in on places. This is where technology comes into play. And what's so frustrating is taken out of historical context it's like it, it you can you can trace back every major move that we've been involved in that has sort of been the thing that leads to the next thing yep. you connect all the dots back to this current situation they lead to the western powers like we are now just perpetuate we continue to perpetuate a problem that we initiated and and sustained over the years and instead of putting out the fire we're doing every single thing we can and let's not forget the fact that there were multiple opportunities for peace talks to happen that were torpedoed and shot down that, that completely fell flat and it has been one step after another that has led us to this position and in the meanwhile meanwhile Kemal weapons are being used and hundreds of thousands of people are dying and millions of refugees are bailing into other countries over there and creating unstable situations in the region all over there and it is a mess yeah and if this is not the biggest failure of the obama administration i don't know what is let's let's recap where obama's at right now by the time barry gets out of office he's going to be the guy that went in and said he'd change all these things he won't accomplish any of these things this asshole is going to leave office and Gitmo is still going to be open, and we're going to look back at that, and we're going to look at the Syrian mess, and we're going to look at Gitmo, and we're going to think he was a failed president. And look he's at the a fa- well, he's don't, failed. And you're not even talking about the economy here, Chris. You're not. I mean, you're just, just, we're going to make this, it worse. This is just one aspect. I mean, don't forget the economy. Don't forget about the NSA debacle. Don't forget about the IRS debacle. No, nobody's talking about that. Or Benghazi. No. Or what the hell's no. going on in Egypt? Is that a coup? What are we doing with There's that? What's whole, the situation there? I mean, you know, people always tell tell you, uh, all right, put out a list of pros and cons, okay? A real simple. Get a piece of paper, put a line down the middle. Pros and cons. Right. And what are the pros and cons? What the hell's cons? in the pro column? I don't have anything in the pro column. It's very hard to find things in the pro column. And I'm not considering myself Republican or Democrat. I just want to find – give me pros, people. 
I want to know what the pros are. I think are. I do have a pro, actually. You do have a pro. I think I actually have a pro. So a little good news, maybe, what? to wrap up the show with. Oh, you know what? You, I know where you're going. You do? You're right, buddy. So uh, yeah, Take a roof hit. Last week, uh, Eric Holder came out and said that the uh, feds will uh, will not go after Washington or Colorado. Nice. News starts now. Kick five. <laughs> Today, following a uh, phone call with Attorney General Governor Holder, uh, we are confident that we will be able to move forward in the state of Washington with our voter-approved uh, marijuana initiative. Breaking news this noon hour, the federal government says it will not stand in the way of Washington state's new marijuana laws. Attorney General Eric Holder says recreational pot is not a high priority and the feds won't step in, but there's a catch. Man, King Fest, Jake Whitberg is live catch. down in the newsroom with the breaking details. Jake? Morning uh, there, Greg and Mimi. This is a big decision that a lot of people have been waiting for. Finally, some clarity here. The Attorney General Eric Holder basically says he will leave Washington State and Colorado alone if the state's enforced eight key enforcement areas. Among those areas just released today, the AG says Washington State must make sure pot doesn't fall in the hands of minors. Revenue from sales of marijuana cannot be funneled to criminal groups. Marijuana purchased in Washington State and Colorado cannot cross state lines and drug trafficking still illegal. If any of those areas are not strictly enforced, Holder says the Department of, of Justice will act aggressively, he says, to bring individual prosecutions based on federal law. Now, recreation. I'm worried about one thing in, mm. that, in that report. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you caught it. Mm. We need to enforce and make sure that marijuana does not cross our borders. Right. Yeah, I did catch that, yeah. And the reason why that caught my attention <clears throat> is— Because how the hell do you do that, for one? Right. <laughs> right? Well, well, you have a couple of things. First off, call, Washington State is very unique to the fact that— Border we, checks, you think? Well, we have an international border as well. Yeah. So we have— Oh, a, shit, yeah. So we share a border with Idaho. We also share a border with uh, Oregon. Yeah. And— one thing in California, I think California did away with these. I don't know if they still exist, but uh, do, you, do you ever visit California growing up at all? Oh, um, yeah, a couple times. Dri driving, I was young. Were you driving in the California? Or no, did you fly? Fly, fly. Okay, so I used to travel a lot when I was young. We used to go on trips from California, Oregon, and, and, and Nevada, and they had these agricultural checkpoints. Oh, yes, I've been through those. So you had Oregon must have had them too or something. I don't know if they still have them. It's been a long time, but basically you would have to declare if you yeah. had any fruits or vegetables yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're crossing into the state. Yeah. God, what if they do that here? They might. I mean, you know, they could think of all the great things they could justify to spend money on. Hey, we need to we need to lock down our state right. borders. Right, right. Or, yeah. uh, you know, we've got to do more patrols on the roads now because so many stone drivers, like people haven't been smoking the entire time. And now they're going to pull, what, so if you cross into Washington, they can just pull you over to check you for marijuana or you're leaving? Huh. I, you know, it'd be curious. Or maybe, or, or... I'm worried about that. Or maybe it's just they just try to enforce it through policy. I mean, literally, it's one of those things where Washington could lock down or Washington could say, well, well we, we have a policy about that. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, yeah, we could have a policy, but what if the federal government says, no, 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 you need to do more thorough checks? Well, and it's not just what happens here. It's what happens in Colorado because these are precedent settings because right. uh, this, this memo from Holder actually applies to all 50 states. It's not just uh, the U.S. and Colorado. So, right, But yeah. people are going to watch what we are doing with this legalization. So, you know, depending on what – so even if Washington goes one way and Colorado goes another way, it's going to be it's gonna be pretty interesting. Um, they go on. National marijuana was legalized, remember, by voters in November, and both Governor Inslee and State Attorney General Bob Ferguson have been trying to get the feds to clarify their position for months now, even traveling to D.C. to get it. A few minutes ago, the governor said he's very pleased now. I think that what we've seen is a, a validation uh, of a reason to believe that we are on the right track of being responsible. 
being disciplined, being uh, real in figuring out a way to uh, uh, follow the voters' intent in this regard. Now, there have been hints this could have been coming after President Obama said in December, remember, that the new laws were not a major concern for him. Now the State Department of Licensing is still working through details about how, when, and where licenses will be issued for businesses to start selling, growing, and processing recreational marijuana. At last check, they were aiming for December. We'll have a lot more on this at 5. Live in the newsroom, Jake Wittenberg, King 5 News. I think our Thank local, you, Jake. Uh, I think our local news today reported that uh, they're targeting like 330 pot shops. Yeah, I, I just saw that story. You, yeah, 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 I had it up. Uh, so what do you think about this as, a, as somebody who has no intention of purchasing from one of these stores? Uh, does this bother you at all? No, no. I mean, here's the thing. You know, we've, we've, we've done the stories. We, we, we've seen the evidence. We know the, the health benefits overall of, of this. It doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, I'm not going to touch it uh, because of mo- most companies, you know, have policies set up in place that don't allow this kind of thing. Right. It, it, the employees are totally free to screen still. Right. Absolutely. And, and right, right now, uh, on a federal level, alcohol is okay. Uh, marijuana is not. Mm-hmm. And companies are, do not have to follow the state law on this. To so me, I I'm, think I'm okay with it. They're I mean, equivalent you know, to liquor yeah. stores to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I mean, sure, I'll have a drink. Am I going to have a, a you know a joint? No, I won't. Yeah, well, not, we're, not until I'll work on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I what I look at is this is sort of the green light, uh, literally, uh, the green light for these guys to go ahead. Like, I think this yeah. is still at a point where they could have put the brakes on and delayed things, and now I think we're going to see this move right ahead. We may, you know, I think we kind of played some some. Some stories from a little while ago that indicated it wouldn't be till next quarter of the Q1 of 2014. But either way, it's really neat because this is um, for me to watch this here at Ground Zero in Washington State. It's going to be fun to report on on the Unfiltered Show because we're like right here watching it happen. We're going to see all this change around us, yeah. and then it's going to be curious to see if it's. I'm going to be curious to see if it spreads or if it just kind of stays here and it becomes a quaint little experiment. Well, it, it, if it does stay here. That's one of those, you know, coming back to the economy, it's one of those things that could really help Washington and Colorado. That seems like that's what's going to make it spread. And you know what? Others, you know what? Well, it'll be interesting to see here, if we can get health statistics like here, a few here, years later. Here's too. what I want to see I want to see legalization of, of online poker and gambling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I honestly, I mean, they, they, they say, well, well. I know you do. I think you should, Well, you could always just, you know, if you just got into Bitcoin even a little bit, that's like gambling up the wazoo. I know. Uh, but I mean, some states are already getting involved with that, and they see the the potential benefits. Yeah, you can always. Yeah, you know. I don't. I don't understand how you know we can legalize marijuana, but that's online a politics poker, thing. But online poker is a felony. That's all about where people get their money from. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got a couple of emails. Yes, you want to? Uh, you want to grab one and uh, read it here for the folks? Yeah. Uh, now you know you you spoke of uh, you know bit mes- uh, Bitcoin. Uh, people can also send us messages via BitMessage. Uh, we do have an address that we'll have in the show notes. Yes. So if people want to send yeah. us that message, they can definitely. In fact, do that. speaking of the show notes, uh, I encourage everyone to go visit there because in the show notes we have extra details about everything we covered, including uh, what Chuck Hagel estimates the cost of the war in Syria or the strike in Syria to cost. And uh, and more information about the uh, letter that uh, Eric Holder put out. Yeah. By the way, no actual laws passed by Eric Holder. Oh. Just a change of positioning and, right. and intention. And, and, and like I mentioned before, and I think I mentioned this on the last show, 
what's to prevent the next attorney general right, exactly. just to make a different decision? It's, it's like it's like a legacy thing. It's a legacy move, I think. Yeah. And uh, you just kind of hope that maybe uh, it, it, it gives – what I think could happen is if it cracks the door open and enough people start to move because of this signaling, if they see success if, – if, if success happens in Washington, Colorado, and you have the signaling from the Obama administration, the next two years you could see massive change. And then it might just be past the point of no return and the next guy just has to go along. Absolutely. All right. So what's our first email? First email comes in from Adam and he – he is telling us why he's a supporter of The Unfiltered Show. Oh, I love it. He said, hey, uh, Chris and Chase, I just subscribed to support The Unfiltered Show, and I thought I should let you know why and to thank you. With everything happening with Syria at the moment, I have realized that I am thinking more critically about the news reports, and the main reason for this is The Unfiltered Show. Seeing all the news reports about Syria, reading all the stories about the various responses of different governments, I realized about the rubbish that we are being told. Having listened to your show since it started, I now question what I hear and see more (laughs) and more. Oh, boy. Yeah, boy. Uh, For example, the U.S., U.K., and Australia, to name a few, all keep talking about overwhelming evidence about the chemical weapon attacks, but never actually share what that evidence Hmm. is. Hmm. Hearing this and questioning it, I find myself looking into the issue more and more in search of this so-called evidence rather than just accepting that this is the case. Hmm. Because of Unfilter, I feel I am now more informed and question things more rather than taking them at face value. For this reason, I have decided that I had to subscribe to help keep the show going and hopefully get more people to think critically about what they are told by the media and politicians rather than things at face value. Well, Keep up thank the great you. Work. Thank you. You know, that is, so we have a small group of uh, about 170 people who keep us on the air every yeah. single month, and we're trying to get that to 333, but literally those people make the difference. They keep this show going, and I hope that as more people listen to the show and they, they enjoy it and they get value from it, they'll, conti- they'll contribute value to us. Yeah. This next message comes in from Tom with the subject line, Got my FOIA NSA letter, and that stands for the Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, it does. And here's what he said. Great job on the show, guys. I just wanted to share my NSA letter with you all. Got my NSA FOIA letter today. Basically, they can't tell me what the information they have unconstitutionally collected on me because (laughs) the existence or non-existence of responsive records is classified. Wow. Further, if they did tell me, it would be expected to cause exceptionally grave damage to national security. And these are records on himself that he requested. Yeah. Just for good measure, the existence or non-existence of my information is exempt from disclosure by statute. All of this was weird, considering that they told me I have and now have a case number regarding my letter that I can refer to. Doesn't that mean they've disclosed that that they do have a file on me now? Oh, God. The NSA <laughs> yeah, and, and is causing... It would cause national damage if they let it out. And <laughs> NSA is causing exceptionally grave damage to national security and violating statutes by admitting the existence of the case number. The whole thing is pretty ridiculous. It goes on for about three pages. Wow. I can only hope that the pressure continues and we get some sort of real reform out of it. Yeah. Wow. You know... I, I honestly, I am. So what? You can try to get yeah. a Freedom of Information yes. Act on yourself. Yeah. And to Tom, I am really, I respect Tom because I thought about doing it just to make a statement, and also thought it'd be interesting on the show. I honestly am becoming a 
a bit of a paranoid puss. Uh, I thought, you know, if we I do this, are, if actually. I do this, do I show up on some list like, hey, why is this bastard requesting this? Let's monitor him. And I stopped. Yeah. And I also worry, like, I was doing research on uh, Syria, chemical weapons, and then when I started looking into protests about the Syria war, and it turns out there's been protests out in front of John Kerry's house. Oh, my goodness. Hasn't been on the media at all, but I tried to find pictures of it. So I'm looking up on John Kerry. I'm looking up chemical weapons. I'm looking up his house on Google Maps. And now I'm starting to get a little paranoid. And I'm thinking, is... You know, is this like, is this how it's going to be from now on? Am I always going to be worried? Are they watching me? So I, I, I got respect you know, for Tom uh, for putting you that know, out. Honestly, you know, honestly, you know, it worries me too. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, it's yeah. one of the, it's one of those things that you know, hey. Well, wouldn't the irony be that all if all of this was sort of a because uh, there was rumors that uh, Snowden worked for the CIA? Maybe all of this was just part of a campaign to make people think that they're watching us. You never know. Pay. Oh, God. Don't even go there. That's like a double, <laughs> no, that's double bacon, rotation. Right? No, now, uh, the good news is, Chase, is uh, while we were out, I heard from a lot of people who felt like the Unfiltered show was really, really, really helpful to them every single week. Yeah. So you guys, thank you so much for tuning in every single week. And if you'd like to get involved with the show, I got good comments about the subreddit while we were off. And you can get in there. You can help us get involved. You can submit stories. What was that prediction, stories. Chris? I think it was something real crazy, Chase. I know. All right, I'm checking was... the Red Book right now. All right, because we make a Red Book prediction every week about how many subscribers we're going to get by oh, the next man. Are you ready for this? I took a two-week thing. And, oh, that's right. It was a, it was an airplane number. Yeah, Go 737. For it. And we blew through that. Really? We, 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 we... Wait. All right. What do you think wait, we're going to be at 66? Wait, crap. We're out of time. Oh, no. <laughs> Wrong music. We'll see you back here next week. Ha, ha, ha.